All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro Dobell Tequila Studios. 87737 Grind. All right, so um, keeping it moving. Um, let's switch gears. We'll come back to the NFL and do uh, our over and unders uh, for today. Uh, but let's switch gears a little bit to um, the NBA. Because uh, we are coming off of the uh, Hall of Fame induction um, this past weekend, and here in our backyard, the two one zero, you know, saw Tony Parker go in, uh, Coach Pop, of course. You know, you had Manu, Tim, Dave, everybody was there. Um, of course, you had D Wade, Dirk. I thought I liked Dirk's speech. Uh, but I like the fact Dirk has been so loyal to his trainer, his personal coach from Germany. I mean, he's stayed with him his whole career. Um, but I thought Tony was, I said in the opening show, I thought Tony was very solid. And then I think Coach Pop, you know, um, you know, again, over the years, especially in the last, I don't know, six or seven years, he's been very open in regards of speaking his mind on, you know, whether it's political issues that rub some people the wrong way, whether it's whatever, his, his career, the state of the game, whatever. But very rarely, you know, that he's, I think for the most part, it's always been like a private person when it comes to family. And of course, we didn't even know, even the people in this region didn't know that his wife was ill at the time. I mean, that was the time that everything was going on with Kawhi Leonard and stuff. But in his speech, uh, he kind of touched on, and I felt kind of left the uh, curtain back a little bit in regards to things that mean to stuff to him about family and things like that. And then the stars of the show, and I know all of you out there know who the stars of the show are. That's the grandkids. That's the grandkids. Is it the truth? You know, I, I tell my son and my daughter, I, 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 I love you. It's not that it's gone away, but you guys are a little bit boring now. Is it, I there's nothing else I can give you. You're on your own. Get out of here. Give me the kids. You know, that's what it's all about. So thank you for your patience, but that's the first reason why I'm standing here. Um, yeah. I mean, um, and, you know, you get, uh, you know, you hear pop sometime in these settings, and you can tell when somebody's very truly, like you can tell when somebody's putting on a front and somebody's not. And I think when it comes to pop, you can tell that he really is uncomfortable with stuff like this. Like he, I mean, he really, I know he's, you know, kind of pat stuff on his back, you know, behind closed doors, but I think it's really humbling for him to think that, you know, he's going into the Hall of Fame in regards to even all the accomplishment that he's he's done. Now, it's crazy, like, not in the speech, but I know, you know, when they met the media a few days before, when they were asking him, you know, what is it that keeps bringing you back and what's going? He's like, money, money, money. He was joking a little bit after. I was like, no, nah, he's serious. You know, he's serious. There's a lot of wine that can buy you. But um, it's just, I think it's also crazy to me just the fact that he's still active. I mean, that he's still coaching. I mean, that's the other weird thing about it. It's just, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame, but he's still coaching. And again, in his era, in the last 20 years plus, um, this franchise has been very challenged and getting free agency to come down here in the 210. 
Um, but it amazes me on how many players and how many of the greats and how many NBA players around just always have a story about Coach Pop or either just that they he's affected them and the respect that they have for him. I mean, like I said, Dallas, I mean, that's one of those I-35 robberies, you know, down here in the state of Texas. But, you know, even for Dirk to sit there and talk and I understand Pop was in attendance and you're going he's part of your class you're going in with but for even Dirk to sit there and you know talk about the respect that he has for him even that people knowing how bitter that robbery was between Dallas and the Spurs what do you got well it, it Pop talked about it too in his speech about it's all about relationships mm-hmm. you know and and he's one guy that for some in some way in his own way has been able to build relationships with opposing players, opposing coaches, um, his own players. He talked about how he was able to build it with you know what as they were in, you know as they were introduced the other day uh, the Fab Four uh, as mm-hmm. the announcer called um, you know David, Tim, Tony, and Manu, and it all comes down to relationships and and the when you talk about where where he's doing it, I feel like that emphasis of the part about him talking about his grandkids, about him saying you know my kids are grown up. Mm-hmm. What more can I do for you? It's about the grandkids. That almost feels like the approach with his current roster. It, it, the he didn't, and he talked about it in his speech to where he didn't have to do anything. He just had to let David be David, let Tim be Tim, uh, tell Tim to to pass the ball to Tony and get him involved. You know, mm. don't you know, don't be this. You know, try to do too much. Let the point guard play, and then he had to, of course, let Manu be Manu. Uh, and I feel like that's uh, – and then same thing with his kids. He's, you know, um, Mickey and Joe, they, they've grown up. All right? So now it's uh, – he's on to his grandkids. And this with this young roster where he's at, this feels like the grandkids. And he did peel back the family envelope a little bit more, talked about his mm. late wife, um, talked about the role that his, his daughter has kind of stepped up and as a sounding board for – player trades and you know mm. some some of the moves that decisions that he'll make and he's like it's it's a business and she's like yes but um yeah I, I, it was it was great but it really just comes back to again from from opposing coaches and he when you listen to his speech and his speech is what 26 minutes yeah i know um, i heard d way give him a hard delay i ain't got that much time pop took all the time I yeah mean, it's, it's a long one but mm. he made sure to go through and and from the from his playing career mm. From his playing career, gave made sure to give names to everybody who impacted him along the way. It was great, and like he said, he's he he said, I've been waiting a long time to give this speech. I'm gonna take my I'm I'm gonna have my time for this. Well, yeah, nobody's gonna push back on Pop. He's done a lot for the league and helped out a lot of people. Um, if you think this roster is kind of like the grandkid, well, he better he better get the belt out because he's gonna have to coach them a little bit harder. Uh, than what he's coached the last couple of years because I do feel like that's the whole important thing, especially with this Wimby situation, Wimby mania down here. you gotta, he, he got to get some of that old Paul. He's never going to be back to where he was. And a part of me, I feel it still goes back to, you know, guys like him, I just still feel like when there's nothing else to accomplish, and yes, you've got a passion, love for the game, but, you know, Pop's no spring chicken. But the reality of it is is that part of me feels like he just doesn't know what he's going to do after basketball yet. And and that has a lot to do with if you don't I mean if you're gonna get paid very well which he is and you still are uncertain about your life and retirement I mean everyday regular people go through this 
Um, there's some people that are fortunate enough and, and well off enough that they can retire early, but there's so much of workaholics. You retire within six months a year, you're pulling your hair out and you got to find something to do. There's only so much traveling you can do or so much daytime television or, you know, stuff like that. So I just think, in my opinion, that's always been a good, that's not the only thing, but I think there's a good part of it. He just hasn't addressed really what his life after basketball is going to look like. Um, but I think Tony was great. I liked his word and speech. I was like, yeah, you better think Chip England. Because Chip, I mean, without Chip, I don't know if Tony's making it again, because I always go back to that Lakers series where Phil Jackson just said, uh, we're going to keep him out the lane. And next thing you know, Two old vantage. Thank you for coming. Spurs didn't win another game. And from that point on, Tony worked on his shot. And he, and he developed his shot. And it kind of helped him as his career went on. We're kind of like his speed kind of diminished. But, you know, talking about the whole French and, you know, not really liking D-Wade too much. And you can tell, like, Tony leads the way. But you can tell with Tony and Manu and Tim. And Tony's the voice piece of it. But they really take pride in them four rings coming from San Antonio in the market. Because I think they know, you know, that wasn't very easy to do in a market like San Antonio. And it took some type of, it, it took some lucky bounces here and there. It took some hard work. It took the continuity. And I think the city, the way the media is and the way they treat them, it is, it's just, it, it goes hand in hand. It has, it's not been that much pressure. I mean, let me tell you, I'll pull back the curtains for, I mean, compared to where the media is in Colorado when it comes to Denver and the Broncos, I mean, I, come on, man. If Russ takes two minutes extra in the bathroom, it's a problem in the media. I mean, down here with the Spurs, it's, it's kind of been different. It, they haven't had the pressure of the media. go. So there's been allowed to have growth, a lot of mistakes and continuity made. But you could tell Tony the way he speaks. I mean, they take pride in those four titles uh, in general. So I thought it was pretty good. And Becky Hammond just saying, hey, letting Paul know, like, look, I know you weren't trying to make history. But... You know, she pretty much said she changed, you know, Pop changed her life and her trajectory of her life going by giving him the, her the opportunity to coach. And she said the book's just getting started. I'm like, yeah, man, because it looked like you about to run off about three or four of them Vegas aces. I mean, come on, man. Can we just like can we just get to the trophy? I mean, unless these young ladies have some major injuries, nobody's beating them in a three out of five or whatever the hell they play. It would be a major upset. I mean, this team's just too stacked. I think Becky is going to stack a couple of these, okay? And then she's going to be the first woman head coach in the National Basketball Association. I believe she's going to touch that stone before, before it's all said and done. But the other NBA news today, according to Woj, James Harden is done with Daryl Morey and ever playing for any team that he's associated with. Now, what is the, I mean, it was well documented that there were trade talks, that they were interested in shopping Harden around. And then I think as of Friday or Thursday of last week, Philly pulled trade talks. They said they they released a statement or came out and said, hey, we're done. We're done trying to move Harden. He's off the table. And then all of a sudden, I guess 48 hours later, Mr. Clark, that I mean, that James Harden, decides to go out and put it out there that he's done with Daryl Morey. And what is he accusing of him being a liar? Do we know any details of this coming out besides that he wants out of Philly? No, we just have his statement, um, which he flew to China to make at an Adidas media event. Uh, he said, uh, and this is from the ESPN reporting, Daryl Morey, this quote, quoting uh, James Harden, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he's a part of. 
Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Uh, he did ask for, you know, he opened up the floor, said any questions. All right. And then that was that that's the end of the viral videos that we have. I know Shams had the, you know, it was going around on his Twitter account. Um, so he's at an event. He goes to China because, first of all, James Harden signed Adidas as part of the problem. He got signed to damn near a $200 million contract a few years back with Adidas. He sells shoes in China. So he's in China at some event, and he uses the platformer's event to speak publicly, but he puts that out there publicly by saying that. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's so – And mean, this first, is just after a trade didn't materialize. Of course, we know that he wants to go to play for the Clippers. Um, they couldn't get anything done, so the over the report over the weekend said that the uh, the Sixers plan on moving forward with Harden on the roster. Translation: I'm going to do this straight off the top of the dome. Me just hearing that information, I'm going to walk in the booth and freestyle on you. And translation: Daryl Morey told James Harden that he was going to trade him, make an attempt to trade him. James Harden took that and said, okay, Daryl, thanks a lot. You've always had my back. And then circling weeks later, Daryl Morey's like, oh, but I didn't tell you that I was just going to trade you away for anything, just to trade you because. And in my opinion, without being Woj, without being connected like Woj, a sham, just on the outside looking in, that's exactly what I believe is going on. James Harden is upset because he feels like he feels everybody owes him and like, oh, he's a liar. What, how, how much truth have you told, James, to organizations of feeling like, oh, I'm going to be committed to win? Yeah, the fans, I want to do it here. And then you want the next thing out smoking. James doesn't want anything to do with expect playing in a city, especially I just talked about media compared to how soft San Antonio's local media is compared to some other markets. At the end of the day, I just talked about that. And James Harden doesn't want anything to have to do to play in a market that has cutthroat media with expectations of a championship. He's made a lot of money. That's why he's over in China with Adidas. They paid him a lot of money. He's made a lot of NBA contracts, and he is spoiled. Sometimes I think we throw that that term around to athletes too much. Oh, they're spoiled athletes. And, and I think we just do that because it's like they make this much money, and since most of us, we hate our jobs. And we, we, we I mean, we're, we're, we're struggling to make it. But I think when you talk about a spoiled athlete, James Harden's picture has to show up in the Webster Dictionary. Or the eubonics dictionary, either or. I mean, what? Like he, like that's exactly what this is about. Like he, he's expecting. And I remember about a month ago, more uh, Daryl Morey came out and said, uh, "If we're gonna trade James Harden, we still, I still want to be title, con- meaning I still want to contend in the East." Meaning, like, if I'm getting rid of you, it ain't getting rid of you because we're blowing everything up. If I'm gonna get rid of you, then I got to get something back so we can still be contenders. And I and I'm and I don't know. I'm not in those meetings. Maybe something else he lied, or this is more personal. I don't know. But I just feel that James Harden is upset because Daryl Morey is not gonna just give him away. And the and to be honest with you, I mean, you know, even with the contending, and I understand that's James when you want to be, and James is still a good talent, even though he comes up small most of the time in the postseason. But the question I will have is still, how big is that market really for James Harden? How big is the market for him? 
I mean, that's just, but that to me, and you're probably in front of kids too. You're probably in front of kids over there in China. You got to do, and you're going to do this. It's kind of almost a little bit unprofessional to me, in my opinion. And also it's kind of petty, man. It's kind of like, you, you. why can't you just tweet it out? Like, you you took time where people over there, I don't even know how far they're, care, I mean, care what's going on or what's going on. But you, like John said, you wait to go release that over there. Were you going to add something? Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to his value, it's, it's antics like this. It's the eating your way out of Houston. That would take any team, even... You know, guess themselves, second guess themselves again. Even if they get ready to put together a trade proposal, they're like, wait a minute. Are we 100% sure that we want to bring this guy in? And I feel like it's one of those same questions that you have that, that we were asking ourselves about Kyrie this last year. Are we 100% sure? Because when, he, when we bring him in, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, he's not happy, he's going to try and force his way out yet again. Well, you know, it, it just comes down to where, and you know, I've never been a big Daryl Morey fan, but you know, it just comes down to, I've been saying this, it's going to take a GM and an owner falling on the sword to buck one of these guys in the NBA. To sit there and say, we're not, I don't care if you kick and scream, you don't want it here, you, you're, con- you're going to stay here, and now we're going to find the hell out of you. And if you want to buck the trend, sometimes that's the moral of the story of the class today. How far do you want to go for what you want? You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind.
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. As we know, the summers can get blazing hot really across this whole country, especially here in Texas. But don't forget, things are blazing now with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix, the latest addition to... Uh, the Zing Zang lineup who brings the same great bold and delicious taste that you already know only much hotter shake things up with Zing Zang blazing, blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients that is Zing Zang official sponsor of the sports grind and don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly you had some of that Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix you told me this weekend right yeah I did Zing Zang responsibly with uh, I, I, I added a little bit extra to it because oh, okay. if I'm going to do spicy uh, I added uh, some blue cheese and some shrimp on the side, and of course the traditional celery stock. But mm, yeah, blazing yeah. bloody, and then I made a, a blazing michelada too with some dosekis in there. Mm, so it was one of those weekends. It was right? one of those days chilling around the house. So. Preseason football. You got is that what started at uh, at noon? Mm-hmm. Uh, Central Time, and we didn't even get any boxing matches. That took it all the way to twelve thirty at night. Okay, I didn't move from my couch all day. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, it's that time of year. This was challenging. That's what I'm trying to get. I'm doing the opposite. The last couple of years, I usually got on my gym routine using the fall, so you just don't sit there and, you know, continue. That's when you usually want to blow up when it's basically football, so you can just sit on the couch doing all that, trying to do the reverse. But anyway, um, all right, before we, we got our over and unders to get to uh, today. Uh, but before that, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from college football season starting. Um, and, of course, the realignment uh, continues to dominate the college football scene. Uh, but we've got another story kind of brewing in regards to Michigan and their coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Um, that, you know, this whole – I mean, this stems really from this recruiting violation, uh, kind of like post, I think, COVID year or something like that. But the thing that we're developing now with this, and, I, and you know, I'm going to let you give me the details on this, Jonas, but I guess Harbaugh had put a proposal to the NCA because, uh, for one, he has refused to admit that he's done anything wrong. That's number one. And the NCA has been investigating this. And I guess Harbaugh and his agent or his team or his lawyers or whatever presented the NCA with, a, I guess, a settlement or type of punishment, what they're willing to do. And NCA said, yeah, nice try. But no, we're not going for that. So where are we at on this? So where we started off was the agreement between the NCAA or b- between Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA was supposed to be the first four games. Right. Right. And that's not Big Ten schedule. I think it takes you into one Big Ten matchup. But um, Dan Wetzel over at Yahoo Sports, of course, reporting that the negotiated resolution, the suspension deal, in a sense, has broken down um, after the NCAA alleged he was not forthcoming with investigators of a so called level one violation. Uh, when questioned about lesser level two violations. Uh, So the deal between Michigan and Harbaugh and the NCAA's enforcement staff is still needed to be approved by a three-person panel. They declined it. So now we're looking at the case is not likely, is likely, and this is Wetzel's reporting, is likely to be headed to a full hearing probably in 2024. Unless Michigan, this this is Wetzel's 
uh, I guess, opinion here on this. Unless Michigan uh, self-imposes a suspension on Harbaugh, Harbaugh is expected to be sidelined for this entire season. So there's a report out there. They think Harbaugh's going to miss this whole season? Yes. Dan Wetzel over at Yahoo Sports breaking it down with the, you know, college details because there's it is an ongoing case i don't know that you can have you know harbaugh on the sideline while it's ongoing the case you know it is going to be an actual hearing uh again from his reporting there and likely in 2024 so if michigan doesn't suspend him this year uh it's likely he's just gonna miss uh the whole season entirely i'd have to see that to believe it i really do there's going to be some resolution to this. I mean, if this was something, and what's so crazy about it, I bet you this is going to be something so minor compared to really the grand scheme of things. Like, oh, so many visits, too many text messages. You only allowed this much. You made this much in a period of this time. It's, in my opinion, this is going to be something so dumb. So my point is, is that if this was something so egregious, and this was such a violation that Jim Harbaugh knew that he had violated or he was going to have to deal with this, Jim would have took the Jim would have took the Denver job. Sean Payton would still be at Fox, and Harbaugh probably would have took the Denver job. The Pinner Group's offer. Uh, to me, there's no way. I don't. I would. I would be shocked if Harbaugh misses the whole season. There'll be some resolution to that. They're playing for what I think the early AP. I mean, what they're the third team in the country, fourth or somewhere around there. They're top five team. Um. They're, they're going to be playing for a national a, a shot at a national title. I mean, this is uh, no, he, he's not missing. He's not missing the whole season over this. I, I believe this is not even going to get to that point. Go ahead. And the AP that broke this morning, of course, the top 25, actually, Michigan is number two. Yeah. So Michigan's coming in at number two preseason AP for the first time, and Jim Harbaugh is going to miss the whole season because of probably some dumbass recruiting over the limit violation. No. No. With all due respect, who wrote that? Or who put that? And Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports. And I know Dan, I don't know him personally, but I know Dan Wetzel's very credible. He's been doing it a long time. He covers really all sports. He covers college. But all due respect with Dan Wetzel, I wouldn't understand why he would put that. Even if the law, if you want to go to the letter of the law and there's an investigation, and if they don't do this, technically, Jim would have to miss the whole season. I, yes, technically, technically, whatever. The bottom line is he's not missing. There will be some agreement or something where it's a punishment um, for whatever thing i've heard that the real anticipation is probably missing the first four games of the regular of the season and if you go look at their opponents i think those are opponents they're probably going to be able to handle without him he'll be back in time just enough for big 10 probably play to start or maybe he'll miss maybe week one of big 10 play or something like that harbaugh is not missing the whole season with an opportunity to a national title on the line, in my opinion. 877-37-GROMP. We will definitely keep our eyes and ears to that story. All right, so switching back to the National Football League. Um, so we've got the over-unders. Uh, we're moving through uh, pretty quickly. Uh, we're almost going to be complete with this pretty soon. Uh, but today, um, up on the docket, we are going to do, let's see who's up here. I thought I had it right here. Oh, okay. Here we go. Today, we are going. We finished off with the Houston Texans and the Colts. And next up today is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
and the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I said in the first hour when I was talking about what popped off with me the preseason, I'm excited to see Calvin Ridley fresh off of the three-team parlay ban for one season. Get with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this is Trevor's third year. Technically, I feel like it's almost his second year because it was just garbage with Urban Meyer. That was just a dumpster fire. But I will just basically say that this is technically real, legitly his third year. And this is the year things usually pop. And he's had two years now. This is becoming in his second year with Doug Peterson in this system. You're getting addition to Calvin Ridley. Um, they've added some uh, defensive pieces as well, too. I think with Jacksonville, the desert, let's see what they're giving them. They're giving them a nine and a half win total minus 150. And the under is nine and a half plus 120. Um, you know, considering the AFC South, um, and I haven't really, you know, they open up with Indy on the road week one in, in Indianapolis. That's a division game on the road. They're favored. Last time I checked on that, they were favored by three and a half. You're going to play the Texans. You know, we know this is going to be an experiment with C.J. Stroud. Going to take them some time. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. This is a 10-win team at least, I believe, based off of the talent. they got a, a young, talented roster. Um, Doug Peterson is a proven coach. The Trevor Lawrence, third year. Uh, they're coming off some momentum of finding your way into the playoffs of last year, really ahead of schedule in Doug Peterson's first year. Minus 150, I'll take that over and a half, nine and a half on Jacksonville Jaguars. The defending champs, Kansas City, the Chiefs. Um, look, this just comes down to whose belly is full. How many guys belly is full that's on Kansas City? Who's who's eating enough at the buffet or who's still hungry for more? Because there's two guys that are really tra ch uh, chasing greatness. Andy Reid is Patrick Mahomes. Jury's still out on Killer Trev. I, I mean, to me, I, I think Trev loves the game. You, you could tell he loves playing with Patrick Mahomes. I don't know where Trev's belly's at, man, because Trev's done. Trev has done a lot this offseason. He's been more visible. We're gonna. He's fighting people at camp. Um, I know Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are tracing greatness. I think Travis, where, where Kelsey comes from, if Kelsey ends up in the top five or eight or conversation of tight ends of all time, Travis Kelsey going to feel like he won the mega, the mega Millions the other day. What is this young receiver core going to do? Are they, how far is Chris Jones going to push it? I mean, is it going to get some rhythm? Now, I've watched the preseason game with the Saints. I'll tell you right now. Again, the question needs to be really started with Kansas City. How much time does Andy Reid still want to do this? Because Andy Reid showed me with Patrick Mahomes one possession. Andy Reid showed me with two different quarterbacks. Andy can draw up plays with second or third string guys, and they can play. I'm not diminishing anything from Patrick because I think he's a hell of a talent. Do I think his career would have started off if he didn't have, he didn't land in Kansas City? Wouldn't Andy Reid? No, I don't. I think he'd still be that dude, but I don't think he'd be where we're at right now. 
But the, when I looked at that preseason game, other than the Saints, be like, damn, man, I'm telling Carolina, it looked like Saints go. And the back of my other mind was like, damn, man, Andy Reid, like, it look, I mean, they're moving the ball with second and third string, but that defense, though, got to get Chris Jones signed. The desert is giving them 11 and a half wins, and this is minus 145 on the over, and it's plus 115, a little juice on 11 and a half on the under. You know what? I think they, I, I, I'm going to, the hook is going to save me. I'm going to go with the under. I think I think this is looking at I think Chiefs are looking at probably about a 10-11 win team. I think 11. I think their schedule, of course you get a Super Bowl schedule, but the question I have again is going to be the defensive line. I mean, eventually I think Chris Jones is going to get done. I mean, he's I don't know how far the theme has been today, how far you want to take it. I don't know if it's going to leak into games. Even if it takes Kansas City the first four or five weeks to get adjusted to the new another new receiver core, I think they'd be fine. But I think they're still, of course, the team to beat in the AFC. They're the team to definitely to beat in that division. Uh, but I'm gonna, I think the hook is going to save me. I think they end up right at on 11 or right at 10. But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a chance to roll the dice on the under on that, because again you're gonna get I mean they're the Chiefs you got to I mean on even if they don't win the Super Bowl I mean last year they didn't win the Super Bowl, the Rams did, and they still got everybody's best every week because it's Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. He, let alone carrying the Lombardi, they're gonna be in a playoff game every week no matter who they play no matter what that team's record is they are going to be in a playoff game every week and if you go through years of that sometimes that takes a toll even if you have a great phenom such as Patrick Mahomes sometimes that takes the hole I do think the division has closed in the gap a little bit not a lot but I think they've closed it a little bit to make the path of resistance a little bit more of those within some of those division games. But again, Patrick's only dropped like one of them, maybe two at the most since he showed up to the division. It's just been, it's just been a blood blast. It's just been a bloody murder since since Patrick showed up. But I'm gonna take the under. I think the hook. I think maybe 11, 11 six. You know. 11 and 6. Might still be good enough to win that division. I don't know. But those are your two teams for today. A um, couple other things as we want to think. What do you got? What do you got? Before we come down this stretch, there was something that wasn't sitting right, uh, right with me. And I want to go back to the Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. really quick. There was something that wasn't sitting right with me with the phrasing. And especially with the tone of Wetzel's piece. Mm-hmm. You go from the negative of the declining, the negative of the you know Michigan imposing a suspension. This is they're, they're, the way he phrased it in terms of Harbaugh is expected to be on the sideline for the entire Wolverine season. It's not that he's being sidelined; it's that he they are expecting him to coach. Okay, because you came across like expecting him to be suspended for the year. And that's I mean you have everybody not being able to comment on it. You have the the decline of the agreement. Again, the, it's like, the way that I misread it and from the tonality, yes. Okay. And they are expecting him to be there. So this does this with this information in light, does that kind of change the way that we look at this upcoming season, especially as far as Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's career at Michigan? Because 
when you talk about you know him not being on the sideline for a national championship season, uh, it's supposed to be right, um, and you are the number two team in the nation's preseason polls. Now you actually have you don't have the you you don't have to interrupt interrupt the momentum. You get to come in against non conference schools, little sisters of the poor, build some build momentum up and carry through because this hearing is being pushed off till next year. And then maybe so, Harbaugh taking a leap to the NFL and avoiding any you know NCAA sanctions. I, well, first of all, a couple of things. So regardless, with the hearing be a schedule twenty twenty four, so technically he doesn't have to really serve any suspension Unless this the year. School suspends him. Okay, and and I mean the and only I can't way the, see school, the school wanting to suspend them when you have the number two team in the nation. Well, it depends on what the deal is. You strike with the NCAA. If, say if we go ahead and suspend him, are y'all good? We get. I think that's but what you the first. You won't have a deal. Because this is going to a hearing. We're going to a hearing. Well, look, I didn't. I anticipated him to be gone. From the rumors I heard for weeks now, the most he was going to miss this year is maybe four games beginning of the season. Right. So now so it's actually I, no games. Okay. Well, I think whether he would have missed those games or not, I think they still would have been expected and playing with expectations of trying to get into the Final Four, one of those spots. Mm-hmm. I think at Michigan, to me, me personally – the day he took the job, I figured that he was going to find his way back into the National Football League. He went to three out of four NFC Championship games. He coached in a Super Bowl against his brother. Uh, he had butted heads basically big time with Trent Baalke, uh, the GM at the time of the 49ers. It wore him out. He went back to his alumni in Michigan. I always say that, you know what, unfinished business. You can't have a brother that has a Super Bowl and coaching the NFL and doing all this, and when Thanksgiving comes around, he's going to have that over you like oh well i got this jim's very competitive i've always said he'll go back but now with that said this last time remember the year before last he went to the minnesota vikings interview and he walked in there like he had the job already and reports said that rubbed a lot of people off mm-hmm. he flirted a lot you had Connalisa rice you had a lot of stanford ties in the pinner group family that owns the denver broncos now that really had Harbaugh. i always say harbaugh was their number one choice i think sean payton was number two Okay, mixed in with a possible of D'Amico Ryan's we blows our socks off. So I think this year, with all that stuff I just said, I felt that if it was a time for him to go back to the NFL, it would have been now. I think that he's going to make too much money at Michigan. He's had bumping heads with the AD. I think they're going to get the pay right eventually. And I think it's his passion. And I think that you can control Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he knows, and he's been on the other side. If you're going to make that kind of money that they're handing out to college coaches now, why go back to the NFL when you're going to have all the control you can at Michigan anyway? All right, and maybe you just ride out that Nick Saban thing and everything and then just see what happens after that. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Denver, in the Mile High City, people up in the Shaw City, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you, hit the stews button for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. Get a dose.
Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 